Welcome back, everyone. Today we are going to be discussing peer support and peer support specialists. I'm going to talk a little bit about what they are and how I could see them helping with suicide prevention and recovery, especially in many other areas of mental health within our military structures. For those who may be unfamiliar with what peer support is, I'll go ahead and take a minute to briefly explain it. According to SAMHSA, which is short for Substance Use and Mental Health Services Administration, they describe peer support as support that encompasses a range of activities and interactions between people who share similar experiences of being diagnosed with mental health conditions, substance use disorders, or both. Because they have shared experiences, Peer support specialists have a much more in-depth level of understanding and mutual respect for those who are struggling. They are very active and work directly with caseworkers, therapists, psychiatrists, and are part of other community-based approaches to treatment. So why does peer support matter and how does it help? They are committed and engaged in a person's recovery and do what they can to reduce relapses from occurring. This is much more relevant when it comes to addictions, but again, they can also be supportive roles in other focus areas such as suicide, domestic abuse survivor groups, and even in medical facilities with chronic illness patients and cancer patients, just to name a few. Because a peer support specialist is someone who has personally experienced recovery or a specific type of hardship, it allows them to develop personal connections with a person in a truly meaningful way. When a person hears someone else successfully get through difficult times, it can provide a sense of hope and encouragement that they have been longing for. Sometimes people feel a sense of false relatability when they go to mental health clinicians because they still feel alone or like they are abnormal. In my personal experience going to therapy as a young child, I was often told by my therapist that, you know, Lisa, I'm, I'm so sorry you went through this. I really wish I could relate to you more. As a survivor of suicide attempts and sexual abuse, I found it really difficult to find people to talk to who could truly get me and understand me. I know that if I were to get a job in mental health and work with people in addictions, I wouldn't be able to relate with addiction specifically, but I know for a fact that I would look forward to connecting them with a peer support specialist because I know that they would get that special bond. It is truly essential for growth and recovery, and I know that I would go out of my way to make sure that they got a person that they can talk to at that same level. People struggling with addiction or suicidal ideation already feel very alone and are viewed and treated poorly by society just for simply needing help and struggling in the first place. There are so many stories out there where someone experienced a spark or that fire in their heart just from talking to someone or listening to someone who could provide that connection and and stories that they could relate to. I want that for people. Take a moment sometime today and look up a story about how peer support has changed someone's life. And then look up a story about <clears throat> someone's experience being a peer support specialist and how that's been monumental for them. 
In relation to the military, they could have someone who has been deployed multiple times, been in combat, lost a friend to suicide, attempted suicide, struggled with depression, and they could be someone that others go to because they know they are going to be talking to someone who has experienced it firsthand. Furthermore, addiction is such another huge hardship in the military, so why not add this option to ADAPT or AA programs that the military already offers? We need to focus on relatability because that's where we're going to make the biggest impact. It would also reduce frustration as many service members feel they don't get many options to talk to someone in their own career field who would understand the scope of their jobs and the stressors that they encounter. Someone who dispatches out to the field frequently for a week or more at a time and struggling with mental health issues isn't going to really be able to relate very easily when talking to someone who works a desk 7 to 4 shift. The reason I bring up a job is because I felt it was a very basic and simple way to explain the whole perspective of relatability. If you can kind of think of it in that sense, you can take it and apply it to other areas like I mentioned mental health, suicide, and addictions. Peer support specialists advocate, share resources, and building skills that have helped them in their own recovery journey. And they build lasting relationships with people in groups, and not only that, but in the community as well. They help mentor others and also assist in setting goals and can be someone that can be reached out to at any time. My idea of peer support would involve a credentialed peer support group for active duty members. This immediately made me think about what I had been taught in my degree. As a recent graduate in psychology with a degree concentrated in addiction studies, peer support was a very, very common topic that we spent a good amount of time learning about. There are so many benefits to peer support groups and they are proven to work. One thing that many people don't know as well is how much it is used in other professions. You see peer support in many other areas from, like I had mentioned, addictions, AA groups, and uh, in regard to medical, there's groups for chronic illnesses, cancer patients and survivors, grieving, and, and it's absolutely growing in suicide. And it's growing because unfortunately this is you know over the years it's hasn't been quite as hush hush but we are seeing just how high these numbers are across the military and in society and of course the military struggles a lot with suicides and addictions already so Honestly, I feel like this would be a very pivotal moment and an opportunity to look into this concept and use it. I introduced this idea back at the end of October to a group commander, a rep from True North, and a base chaplain at the Minot Air Force Base. And honestly, I was kind of shocked to hear that they hadn't heard of peer support before and didn't know what a peer support specialist was or that it even existed. To me, I thought that that was such a great opportunity for me in the moment to provide information and to talk about it. So I pulled up the process of becoming a peer support specialist in the state of North Dakota. 
the Department of Human Services, they have two different tier levels for peer support specialists. And there is, of course, training that they'd go through, and North Dakota does have their own application process. However, I showed them <clears throat> their process, and just so they kind of had an idea of what it would look like, I told them, you know, the military could more or less brand their own program and mirror what the state does. So instead of pulling outside peer support specialists, I pushed and am still pushing to have airmen become certified and become the face of the program. Because honestly, my whole pitch was to give airmen the ability to help other airmen. We have so many airmen with their own suicide survival stories or have lost friends to suicide and also have struggled with depression or addiction. So why not let them use their own story to empower and inspire others? There are stories everywhere. But the problem is, is that so many times I hear from active duty and veterans that they were hushed and they were told not to talk about it because, well, if you talk about this, you know, kiss your career goodbye or this is what's going to happen to you. I, I saw this happen with a buddy of mine and I don't want to see this happen to you. And that absolutely has to stop. We need to be encouraging others to talk about their stories, not shy away from it. Think about how influential, impactful this could be for airmen to be given this opportunity to use their story. Airmen will often say, well, when you're in front of a social worker or mental health clinician, it's kind of intimidating and it's not always very welcoming or open of an environment. I really do think this could be done and it would just be a matter of getting a team together who would devise a plan and, and figure out how this would all get started. Um, when they are initially putting this together, there would need to be a, a wide range of people involved in planning the program, of course, but I would absolutely ensure that the board or team consists of an airman who would be a representative and then airmen who are the peer support specialists. They're the ones that, you know, they should be collaborating with and getting feedback. And it's going to be crucial, honestly, to, to have them on board. When I was on the bridge and talking to people since then, there have been numerous active duty members and veterans who have said they'd jump on the whole program if it ever does become a thing and saying they'd love to get involved. I did some research on local peer support groups and I found some for veterans, which is great. But it, you know, it would be nice to have one for the active duty side and, and for those two to work together and keep each other updated on issues. If veterans understand and hear from active duty what they're dealing with and active duty knows what veterans are struggling with, they can kind of narrow down, well, it seems, you know, that this is the culprit or it's this seems to be a recurring issue and causing airmen to fall into depression or develop suicidal ideation. But anyway, I think this would be a good idea for the base and the community to work together. I think it would be very powerful. In Texas, they actually have a program called the Military Veteran Peer Network, which is an organization that has 45 veterans hired that have been certified and they help veterans depending on what county they are located in. The DOD could very easily do their own pilot study and go around and get an idea 
uh, through surveys or just talking with people about what kind of interest there, there is and what the next steps would be to implementing their program. In addition, I think it would be amazing to have airmen become part of the revised suicide awareness trainings that they get. The uh, report that I had talked about in my last episode, you know, they talked about updating all the content. And I think if they could get videos and clips of airmen sharing their personal stories and, you know, get them involved with the trainings, I think airmen are going to perk up and they're going to say, you know, wow, we have airmen talking about their own personal experiences because they talk about how the the training that they have is about 20 minutes long of a PowerPoint. And it's the same one that they've had for a couple years now. I think adding this would catch their attention and who knows, an airman watching it may recognize someone in the training videos. They may find the person that they went to basic training with or tech school or were stationed with at another base. And like I said, there are just many stories out there and I bet there are people who, you know, would see someone that would have never guessed they were struggling with mental health, addiction, or suicide ideation. But they can see them now and see how they are helping people. They'll think, you know, how amazing is it that they are speaking up for other airmen and how inspirational their stories are? This is what we should be aiming for. This is just something I've been thinking about and I know there's a lot of work to do between fixing the culture and the problems with toxic leadership. But we need leaders who are going to see strength instead of weakness when it comes to people talking about their stories. We need people in place that are going to see that is meaningful and important for growth to have happen. We can't have leadership who is going to continue to push these topics under the rug and realize you know, they need to realize how devastating suicide and barriers are to mental health. If their mental, emotional, and overall well-being is one of their core values, then it needs to be shown through action and policies in place that will help airmen get help. I don't know, maybe it's going to take DOD officials and leadership to go out and and personally talk to veterans and, and families and airmen and hear these heartbreaking stories that I've heard. You don't have to go far. You can look a lot of this stuff up. There's a ton of stories out there on social media as well. But I really think if they just sat and and talked one-on-one with families who have been affected by suicide and addiction, they would, I would hope, see things in a whole new perspective. I just don't understand how we can have these high rate high rates of suicide and addictions and not have any drastic changes made yet. I read in an article in the um, Air Force Times where Chief Bass even said, and this is a quote, most people who seek mental health services need someone to listen rather than clinical care. So talk therapy in this sense, to me, really actually kind of reflects peer support because that's exactly what peer support is. There was another article on the Task and Purpose website where, you know, someone was talking about how airmen are are constantly fearful and scared of confidentiality breaches, you know, with their own personal information. And then they're also worried about, you know, 
that information being accessed well past when they have recovered and how previous experiences or going to mental health still affect their ability to get, you know, move up and get different positions because that's tied to them. And that's why a lot of airmen don't trust the system and they don't want to go talk to mental health because they are scared of that following through them in their career. I've said it before, I, we can bring in more chaplains, we can bring in more mental health clinicians, but what's really the point if the, the barriers are still there? And on top of that, it's going to require more funding, which is an issue that the DOD continues to talk about. They say, well, we just don't have the funding to, to bring in more mental health clinicians. So if you do something like peer support, you can actually get the help from within the organization without bringing in outside people. In a sense, they'd be saving money, which is kind of a double standard to me because I've been pretty straightforward about how much I feel the DOD has and continues to waste funding they already have, and yet they continue to ask and request for more. It's a problem to me, and, and when I see they spend it on things that aren't necessary, it, that's just another topic for another day. I just hope this explained a little bit more into why I'm advocating for peer support and why it would be beneficial. We need to focus on what is causing airmen to take their own lives. We need to figure out why leadership and the environment is so toxic. We need to figure out why airmen are so fearful and would rather take their own life than get help. If we fix these issues, we would see a decrease in the overall numbers of suicide and addictions. If your active duty and peer support sounds like something that you'd be interested in, whether it would be becoming a peer support specialist or participating in a group, I would strongly encourage you to talk to your leadership, talk to your mental health clinic, talk to your chaplains, and bring up your idea. Even if your idea doesn't involve peer support, talk about it, bring it up, and push for it. And if you're a veteran, I would look into veteran organizations uh, near you or even online. There are a lot out there, but I think you, I know... From my experience, you kind of have to do some digging and, and make contacts with other programs because I think there's a lot out there that people don't know about or are not aware of, but they are out there. And I know that the, the VA does hire peer support specialists as well. So I would encourage you also to go to their website and, and look into the process and, and use your story. I've said that many times and I'll continue to say it, but use your story and don't be shy to do that. So that's all I have for this episode today. Thank you guys. Bye.